Hi, and welcome to the Writers' Forum on WRBH. I'm David Benedetto, and today I'll be speaking with journalist, filmmaker, and author David Fulmer to talk about the reissue of his Storyville-era mystery series by local and newly established Crescent City Books Press. How are you doing today, David? I'm fine, David. How are you? I'm great. Uh, where, where are you calling in from? I'm calling from Atlanta. Uh, nope, don't let anybody say anything. <laughs> uh, I know there's a little bit of a rivalry there. Uh, I'm calling from Atlanta, which is where I've lived for over 20 years. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, trust me, we won't say anything after that Super Bowl yeah. performance. You, you got it all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. well, to get us kind of started, um, David, for people unfamiliar with your series, I, I was wondering if you could describe it to them. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a mystery series, and it's set in Storyville, New Orleans, the red light district at the turn of the century. Um, the, uh, that would be the turn of the 20th century. The first book, Chasing the Devil's Tale, uh, is set in 1907, and each book kind of chronologically proceeds. So when the next book came out uh, two years later, it was, 190, it was 1909. Uh, my main character is a uh, private detective of Creole heritage named uh, Valentin Sancier, and he works as a security guy for Tom Anderson, uh, just taking care of business in the, the red light district. And in the process, encounters these different crimes, mostly murders. The first book uh, involves the murders of a succession of prostitutes working in the bordellos there. And uh, so each of the books uh, is a mystery in and of itself, but they they are sort of connected chronologically, and the cast remains the same. There are historical characters like Anderson and Lulu White and others, and there are fictional characters which I created, and they appear and reappear. Uh, now, uh, I am working on the seventh uh, installment in the series as we speak, and that will be uh, released uh, this next October, uh, but there are five to date. Oh, well, fantastic. That, that's good to see. Um, well, tell me, uh, until recently, now we have like television series and a bunch of books coming out about Storyville. But before that, it was a little kind of nook and cranny of New Orleans' history that didn't get as much attention as other things. So how did you stumble upon this piece of history? Well, I I was you know vaguely aware of it, like a, a lot of people were. But I actually came to the books by way of music. Uh, I was... I've always been really interested in music, uh, sort of uh, going back to the original source. And for jazz, for instance, you know, where are you going to go? You're going to go to New Orleans. And uh, so that's where it came from. And then as I was thinking about that and coming up with this character, I said, well, what would he do? He, uh, why not have him work in Storyville and uh, be in the midst of all that? Uh, it really interesting and fascinating stuff. It just sort of became this really rich uh, you know, banquet of uh, crime and uh, characters and all kinds of craziness to the point, and I got to tell you, I mean, I'm glad that it didn't happen, but I was stunned that no one had done more with this sooner. Mm-hmm. So I was, but I was perfectly happy to be there, you know, with my books. No, I, I can imagine. Um, well, tell me a little bit. I'm always fascinated by the research portion of uh, books that deal uh, in certain uh, parts of history. 
Uh, and I was wondering, you know, how did you go about researching it? What were your sources? And uh, what were some of the most interesting things you found that surprised you? Well, the, the research, I, of course, I started with Al Rose's book, mm-hmm. which at the time was, was the book. Uh, but then uh, sort of expanding out from that, uh, what I, tr- I always tell my writing students to do is, you know, immerse and then evoke. So I would read everything that I could find about New Orleans at that period in history. So I would go to university libraries. I would go to uh, uh, any place where I could find some book about about New Orleans at that time. There wasn't obviously much about story, though, but I could sort of build around it. Now, the other thing I did, and I never realized that this was you know anything unique until some people who were interviewing me mentioned it, uh, I would come down there and go to the, uh, the fourth floor, I guess it's still the first fourth floor of your public library, mm-hmm. up into special collections, and I would just read newspapers from the exact days when this, my story was taking place. And that was not for anything except for me to get just the, the, the ambiance, the feeling, the way people talked, mm-hmm. uh, and the little side stories, plus, you know, the, the political things that were going on at the time and all that. And that was incredibly helpful. So it was kind of this big picture with the books and then the down on the street level with the, uh, with the newspapers, uh, the Times Picayune, and there was one called The Sun, and then there was scandal sheets like the, uh, the, the mascot. Uh, and they were just, just treasure troves of details. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, I guess what surprised me most, most was how it how Storyville operated as this incredibly efficient, corrupt machine. I mean, under Tom Anderson's hand, it worked really well. Hmm. No, I could see that, definitely. That's interesting, you're going to the day-by-day newspapers to kind of put yourself Mm -hmm. in that context, uh, because that... I mean, it's not the complete way to get in somebody's head from that time being, but to like see the responses to that, what people are thinking about, what's showing up. That that's really interesting. Yes, and and you would, and every once in a while, there there will be some, there there were some little things I'd stumble on that just seemed like an interesting little side story, just something to throw in there to actually to again to be able to evoke that time and place, and you know, sort of seduce the reader into it. Uh, and make them feel that they're they're standing on the street corner. So, uh, and speaking of street corners, I got so immersed in it that uh, I felt like I could close my eyes and be in Storyville and turn a corner and know what I was going to see. And that made the writing, it was difficult, but that made it easier for me because I didn't have to think about, well, what's going to be around this corner or what's down this street or how long would it take him to go from here, from one place to the next? Because I had basically just immersed myself in Storyville and, you know, and the French Quarter, uh, but, you know, basically back in town, back in town, New Orleans at, at that time. Yeah, and that's such a great asset for a writer, too, because Storyville today has been completely bulldozer, bulldozed over. And yes. you, you can't go to any of the, the locales there. And uh, that, that's, that reminds me what you had to do is similar to what fantasy writers have to do a lot of time, just to know the universe in their head and know all these places in a way that the reader just can't. Yeah, well, that, uh, yeah. That, and when I teach classes, what I say is, okay, people who are, if you're writing historical fiction, you have, you know, you're, you're going to have to immerse yourself if you're writing 
speculative fiction in any way. You're going to have to do the same thing, but you're going to have to create it. But it needs to be in that same level of detail, because if you don't get that level of detail, you're never going to be able to make the sale. You're never going to be able to evoke it to the point where your readers get lost. Mm -hmm. You've got to be the map maker. Um, You've got to be the map maker, yes. <laughs> well, well, tell me a little bit about these, uh, these reissues coming about by uh, Crescent City Book Press. Uh, I'm interested yes. in how that came about. Well, it came about because of uh, Michael Zell, uh, who's a, uh, a New Orleans author, a very fine New Orleans author, who actually uh, who works at Crescent City Bookstore. And uh, the owner has a, uh, 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 is a publisher also of Commonwealth Books in Boston. And he and Michael came up with this idea to do a New Orleans-centric uh, line of catalog of books. And I think they, they wanted to go with something that was a known quantity that, you know, had already, you know, had some mileage on it and had gotten some reviews and awards. And so they came to me. I mean, I already had known Michael before this. I blew his first book. And um, so they presented this and, you know, I thought, what a great idea. And so what's going to happen is the first one, Chasing the Devil's Tale, is going to be coming out uh, early in April next month. Just in a few weeks, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And then every month after that, one will come out. It'll be Jazz in May, uh, Rampart Street in June, uh, Lost River in July, uh, The Iron Angel in August, and then the sixth book, which is called Eclipse Alley, will be out in early October. Yeah. Interesting. Exciting. Really exciting for you. Yeah. And also. Also, David, there will be, there will be one more, and I, I think it's going to be the final, the seventh and final book will be out in uh, the early part of 2018. Oh, fantastic. Um, it, it's interesting managing a series like that. I'm always um, fascinated by people that do longstanding series and are able to maintain them. Uh, tell me about some of your kind of tactics from, you know, not getting burnt out and just like making a longstanding series function over... Um, a book length, you know, novel as well as, you know, almost a seven book series now? Well, the first thing is that you got to keep in mind is that there's a fine line that you have to walk between making the, the book, the books need to be standalone. The publisher, my original publisher, Harcourt said, you know, these have to be standalone. So if someone picks up the third book, they won't feel lost. Mm -hmm. So there's a line between that, but then you don't want to bore the, the readers who have already read the first two by just you know rehashing a bunch of detail, so you got to kind of shorthand that. That's important. But uh, I did actually uh, break away uh, to do two other books that were one-offs uh, from the Storyville series, mm-hmm. and that was part partially for me to be like a palate cleanser. Yeah, because I didn't want to get burned out, but. I felt like that once I had gotten this interesting character and had, you know, developed his backstory and understood him, you know, in a, in a dim- very dimensional way, that 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 combined with with a character called Storyville that offered up all these compelling, interesting, riveting, bloody uh, storylines. Sometimes it was just like I just sat sat back and typed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you understand what I mean, it was like they, the stuff was coming to me and the characters, I was just putting them in these situations and they did all the heavy lifting. 
That that's good. That that's got to be fun for a writer because uh, it's so much hard work, and when you can kind of channel that energy right there, that's got to be a relief. It is, and it's still you know there's still a lot of drudgery that goes yeah. on, and you got You have to gr- sit there and grind it out, and sometimes it just doesn't come to you. But when it is, but the reward is that it does come. If you sit there long enough, it does come, and you get to go on this ride that's. Uh, sometimes kind of bumps up against mystical because you're, it's like you're seeing through a veil, uh, which is, I guess what all art does, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I got a kind of fun question for you. I, uh, read in your bio, you have been a bartender at, at certain points oh, in yeah. your life. Uh, and yeah. I was wondering, uh, if there's any particular bar in Storyville from that time that you would have liked to have worked <laughs> at. Oh yeah, uh, there's the the one that I go back to was called it was on Basin Street and it was called Pew Clothes, uh-huh. like at Pew Clothes uh, Cabaret, I think. Yeah, uh, and it was like a sort of everybody ended up there, uh, but on the sort of the street level, Anderson's Cafe was very high tone, mm-hmm. and you know that was for the high rollers. But Pew Clothes uh, seemed to just get everybody in there, and a lot of musicians would come in late. And there were some shootings in there, and that it just seems like that would have been just a wild scene to be working in. I can imagine. Um, well, to kind of wrap us up, uh, David, I wanted to ask you, um, what are you reading right now, and what do you have coming up? Well, uh, what I'm reading, I read a lot of, of nonfiction, and I'm reading uh, uh, actually Sam Phillips' um, biography. Oh. And because I, I've actually found that the only time I can read fiction is when I'm not working on a book. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all constantly working on a book. So, um, and I'm about to read Ray Davis's uh, biography, Sir Ray. Uh, and uh, so I, that's the, I tend to read a lot about music history and other kinds of, you know, and, and some political stuff and just great history and so forth. Uh, in terms of what I'm working on, I am working on Eclipse Alley. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually p- sort of plotting out the book. Uh, well, the, the seventh book, I'm already thinking about that down the line. But then there's another one-off book uh, that I'm just sort of, you know, batting around in my head. And I also have been working with some producers in L.A. and about some possible, you know, TV and or film projects. So there's always something. I'm never not busy. That's not a bad thing. It's all about the work. Yep, it's all about the work. All right, well, well, David, it was so great talking to you. Excited to see these books come out again and for the new one to come out as well. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. Thank you. That was David Fulmer, author of the Storyville Era mystery series that begins with Chasing the Devil's Tail and will soon have a new edition out called Eclipse Alley, all coming from Crescent City Books Press here in New Orleans. There will be a meet-and-greet with the author on Saturday, April 8th at Crescent City Books. More information can be found on their website, I believe. And that's our show. Uh, You've been listening to the Writers' Forum on WRBH 88.3 FM. You can catch our show every Thursday at 4.30 p.m., Saturday at 8.30 a.m., and Sunday at 1 p.m., depending on Tulane baseball games. As well, you can find all of our podcasts from WRBH on iTunes as well as on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash WRBH Reading Radio. I'm David Benedetto. Until next time.